0: November 1900. Nowadays, we call it the Belle Epoque. The beautiful era. But for all its surface beauty, I always thought there was something uniquely ugly about the place. Every city's built on top of bones, but I can't think of any other place where you feel it quite like Paris. As if you're perpetually crossing over someone's grave. I was there to visit an old friend. News had reached London. He was dying. They said he had days left at best. so I travelled through the night. Midnight train out of Waterloo, night crossing from Dover. Got to Paris around midday. I found my friend staying in the Latin Quarter at the Hotel d'Alsace. Ah, the Hotel d'Alsace. It had what you might call a reputation. It was where people went to disappear. Oh, I know Paris was full of exiles back then, but when you were too scandalous even for Paris, you headed straight for the Hotel d'Alsace. The manageress was this widow, Genevieve Moreau. Her husband, the late Gaston Moreau, was a notorious anarchist who danced with the Madame Guillotine in 1892. And there were all sorts of rumors about his wife. My favorite was the one in which she kept his mummified head on top of her wardrobe in an old hat box, As you do. Yes, may I help you? Bonjour. I believe a friend of mine is staying here. I was hoping to visit him. Who is your friend? Wilde. Oscar Wilde. We have no one of that name staying here. Really? How about Sebastian Melmoth? Melmoth? Yes, Sebastian. One moment. Melmoth, Sebastian, oui. He is staying with us, but Monsieur Melmoth is most unwell. So I've been told. Well, that's why I'm here. Perhaps I could speak with his friend, Monsieur Ross?
1: Monsieur Ross is away in Nice.
0: Ah, well, in that case, I'm sure Monsieur Melmoth would love the company. Would you be so kind as to take me to his rooms? Begrudgingly, she took me up five flights of stairs, right to the top of the hotel and into the attic room where my old friend was residing. God, his room... There's no smell quite like wilting roses, no other flower that smells so horrible when it's dying. And the air, the air was stale. It had this citrusy tang of old sweat, so the room already smelled of death. And it was so small, that room walls at funny angles, cobwebs in the corners, and tiny, grubby little windows. His doctor gave me a look over the top of his glasses, all raised eyebrows and flared nostrils, but when I told him I'd come all the way from London, he agreed to leave us alone, if only for a few minutes. Even when the news of Oscar's condition had been so bleak, I hadn't expected to see him like this, in a room like this, so thin and gaunt. I barely recognized him. Dorian, is it you? Yes, Oscar, it's me.
1: My boy, I haven't, I thought you were, please sit
0: down. So, still travelling as Sebastian Melmoth, I see. Another of my masks, even in exile.
1: There are too many English journalists in Paris, and as you know, they'll print anything. And what name is on your passport these days? John.
0: John Grey. Wonderful. You kept your surname,
1: your rather apt surname. Apt? Grey. The ambiguity of it. Neither wholly black nor white. You should use your true name also. Hide in plain sight. As you do, you mean? I am not a work of fiction, Dorian. People know that I am real. Oh, they may not wish to believe it, but they know. I still can't believe you're here. My fever. I imagine things. Tell me you're not an hallucination.
0: I'm not. Oh, my boy. My beautiful Dorian.
1: (laughs) I'm so sorry for you to see me like this in this place.
0: It seems pleasant
1: enough. Don't patronize me. The sad truth is, even in this squalor, I am dying beyond my means.
0: Dying? Oh, come now, Oscar. You have a fever, I'm sure given plenty of rest. I told you
1: not to patronize me. How many years is it since we last met? Hmm. Nine? Maybe ten? A decade. And look at me. 42 years of age and I look like an old man, but you...
0: Oscar, you're 46.
1: I never could fool you. (laughs) You know, I got that from my mother. She always lied about her age, so fond of deceptions, of masks. She passed away, you know.
0: Hmm.
1: I know. While I was in that red hell. When they buried her, it was in common ground. I couldn't even afford a headstone. And there were so many deaths. My mother, my brother, Aubrey. Constance. My poor, poor Constance. I am surrounded by death. But you, look at you, as handsome and youthful as the day we met. Do you remember? As if it were yesterday. Constance and I were on our honeymoon... What is it, Francesca, says in Dante? Nessun maggior dolore che ricordarsi del tempo felice nella miseria. There is nothing worse than remembering happy times when one is wretched. I'd stepped out for a morning stroll and stumbled quite by accident upon that charming little bookshop, not far from here, on the Hoogies Art. And you were there, thumbing through the pages of a book bound in yellow paper. A rebour A rebour The most beautiful and poisonous book I ever read. You recommended it to me, do you remember? I was looking for Le Père Goriot, and you suggested I might try something a little...
0: What was it you said? Well, I asked if you had read The Balzac, and you told me you had, and so I said, well then, perhaps you should try something new. Something new? Yes, something new.
1: That moment changed my life. In so many ways.
0: For better or worse. For better and worse. Mine too. I know. And I am sorry. For what?
1: Your notoriety.
0: A notorious name, Oscar. That's all you gave me? Do you really think London Society would believe your novel could be based upon a true story? I suppose you're right. To have written
1: such a book was nothing. To convince the world it was a work of fiction was a triumph. Do you remember what the Daily Chronicle said of it?
0: Word for word, um, a tale spawned from the leprous literature of the French decadents, a poisonous book, the atmosphere of which is heavy with the mephitic odors of moral and spiritual putrefaction. <laughs>
1: The mephitic odors of moral and spiritual (laughs) putrefaction. Oh, I did enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) But they were wrong, Dorian. I realize now that my novel, my book, was one of absolute morality. It is a story of redemption. Redemption? Yes. You see... The kindest thing I ever did was have Dorian, the Dorian in my book, drive a dagger through the
0: canvas. Thereby killing himself? Yes. (laughs) So you think I'd be better off dead? Not at all. But I do worry for you. How so? Well, I, I am only 44
1: years of age. Oscar. Very well. But I have so many regrets... And I wonder, if you cannot age, and you cannot die,
0: how many regrets you will gather about you? We know what happens to my regrets, Oscar. They're etched onto a painting, gathering dust in a locked room a great many miles from here.
1: No, Dorian. Those aren't your regrets. They're your sins, your digressions... Unless your portrait grants you amnesia as well as youth, your regrets linger. We are each our own devil,
0: and we make this world our hell. One should absorb the color of life, but one should never remember its details. That's one of mine. It is. But you can't possibly still believe that. Sometimes I can. Sometimes I think I have to.